Don't put that on the show, Ed. Don't use any of this shit as outtakes. I'll find you and kill you. another episode of metal rock and whiskey i'm sailor and tonight we will be getting comfortably numb to discuss another legendary rock band And for the listeners that may be new to this show, we do typically compare two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, argue, and very unprofessionally debate the merits. And in the end, only one album or artist will reign supreme. And tonight, Sailor, I believe we are doing just that. That's right, Jake. Tonight, we will be battling two iconic albums from one of the greatest bands in rock and roll history, none other than Dark Side of the Moon versus The Wall from the one and only Pink Floyd. Unfortunately, for this first part of the episode, we are without our other dudes, Ed and Matt. How are we? How I wish you were here. But you know what where that means. Where are these guys? Where are that they? means that we get to speculate where they might be. <laughs> I mean, I know where they are. I don't have to speculate. I know exactly where they are. Well, let's 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 hear uh, let's hear what they told you. I'm interested. So, I heard um, from a very good source that they were both auditioning for the uh, Broadway musical Men in Tights. Oh, the Robin Hood one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. And they will be the men in tights. <clears throat> That's awesome. If they Is, make it. I, that uh was that Carrie Carrie Yules that uh starred in the in the movie? I believe so. Yeah, that was a that was a funny movie. I like that movie. Yeah, I can see uh I wonder who Oh, so let's see. Who would <laughs> I think uh they're gonna be like backup dancers or something, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking uh, Matt could be um, Dave Chappelle's character. <laughs> what was uh, was it Blinken? I don't, I don't remember. Was that his name? <laughs> <laughs> He's just kind of snarking, constantly just saying <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes. Oh shit! And Ed, and, um, Ed, Ed, Ed can be, be Friar Tuck. <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, no. Uh, Ed could be the. The the smart ass blind guy, the guide. <laughs> yes. 
That's good. <laughs> the glasses well, I hope, on. <laughs> I hope they make it. I hope they are selected. Um, I know that you know they they had decided to do this together, and uh, Ed was going to be flying in to Jersey to meet with Matt from Chicago, and then they were going to ride into the city together. So it was just not possible tonight for them to record. So you know, I wish them the best of luck. You remember. A month or so ago, Matt was doing the whole thirty diet. I wonder if he was trying to prepare That's himself why. to look to good in the tights. That in the tights, have been it. Yep, yep, has to be. Wow. Yep. Now it all makes <clears throat> sense. Yep. I mean, you got to have a nice tight ass to be a man in tights. Just yeah, saying. There's that. <clears throat> um, well, that's that's certainly not what I heard. I I, I did hear really? that they were. I did hear that they were together. <clears throat> um. Interestingly enough, uh, you know, we had uh, we had an episode where um, where we did Slayer, and mm-hmm. um, and and Ed was, you know, pretty clear that he was not a fan of Slayer during that episode. Yeah. Right. Well, apparently that was all a ruse. What? And Slay, you know, Slayer's on their farewell tour right now with Lamb of God and Testament and. Who's the other? There was one more band in there. Mastodon, maybe? No. Mm. Anyways. Yeah, uh, Lamb of God. Lamb of God, Mastodon, Anthrax. Anthrax, that was the other one. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Ed actually uh, volunteered to be a groupie on, on this leg of the tour. So, they did a show this last weekend. <laughs> and And, uh... And Matt, coincidentally, they didn't even know because Ed, this whole thing Ed was doing in secret. And come to find out, Matt also volunteered to be a groupie. Interesting. And they ran into each other. And so oh. now they're, you know, they're just going to stick out this next uh, this next weekend. They have another show uh, in Jersey. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know what their specific roles are. But I've heard. I was going to ask you I've what what do you do as a groupie, as a male groupie that I, for Slayer? They're they're more um, maybe not roadie was more the the word oh, that I was I thinking. Get it. Okay. So they're in the they're you know they're in the back. I don't really know how much the concerts they're really getting to see because they're in the back like cutting crust off of sandwiches and separating M&Ms. Um, right, right. You know, sampling drinks for the guys to make sure no- nothing's sure, poisoned sure. or anything like sure. that. So, sure, um, very important. And, you know, keeping keeping the the uh, the band's uh, bus bathrooms clean and stuff like that. So. Mm, mm, okay, very important. <clears throat> yeah, well. I mean, a tour can't run without it. No, and I'm going to be really <laughs> curious to see, you know, what the truth is here since we've both heard different things. I'm not sure which one I'd be more excited about, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it'd be great if they were, if both were true. Oh, <laughs> men in tights as Slayer's roadies. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Can you imagine if they did like a, a a redo, like men in tights on Broadway, but set to Slayer music? <laughs> oh my God, that would be incredible. Can we make this happen? We said it here first. Metal rock and whiskey. <laughs> Producers, Slayer choreographers, in get in touch. <laughs> Men slaying in tights. <laughs> Boom! Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, All right, we'll, enough of that. We'll shit. miss them tonight. Yeah. But you know, moving moving through this uh, through this episode, uh, we 
we do uh, whiskey is a big part of what we do here on the Metal Rock and Whiskey podcast, and uh, on each episode, one of us uh, takes the theme of the episode and pairs a whiskey with that theme, and that's on you tonight. So I'm yes, it is. I, I mean, with such a such an iconic band, I'm really intrigued to see what uh, what you have in store. It was a tough one, but um, before we get into that. What are we drinking tonight? What do you got in your glass, Jake? So I'm, you know what? I'm just, uh, I'm just drinking some regular old Weller Antique. Nice, a nice full glass with a couple cubes of ice in it. Yeah, just nice. It's a hot, hot day around here. Just felt like something nice and light. That's. I am also drinking my whiskey with ice because it's very hot. So uh, I'm drinking Ed's favorite, mm. Eagle Rare. One of my go-to house bourbons. <laughs> he thinks it tastes like toothpaste. Fair I, enough. I almost i I was looking at, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of just just wanted something normal, and uh, it, it kind of occurred to me that I I tend to spend too much time drinking my specialty bottles, and I kind of mm-hmm. want to save some of them for, uh, you know, get-togethers and blinds and stuff like that, and and I almost grabbed Eagle Rare too. <laughs> that would have been funny, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, good bourbon on ice tonight. Um, very tasty. I love my Eagle Rare. I, I do, I too. Uh, you know. It's so solid and, and simple. It's not simple. Simple is a bad word. You know what I mean. Just it's, it's, it's the exact thing that you want from bourbon in your glass. It's, right? it, it's a perfect social bourbon. Because you're oh, not, yeah, for sure. You're not, you're not going to... you Now... You can take different single barrel offerings of it and dissect them and find the differences, but it's one of those where it's not a barrel strength. You're not. It's not overly complex where you feel like you need to put a lot of focus in it. It's just you pour in a glass and drink it, and it's good. I mean, I've had some, you know, some barrels that were, you know, not as ideal as others, but for the most part, I mean. Especially since they, shit. especially since they moved to the small batch, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, it seems like it's more consistent. Which, I agree. You know, duh, makes sense. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I agree. Ed's, Ed's office rocker. Eagle Rare is great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to each their own, right? Taste is subjective. <laughs> Everybody tastes what they taste. Um, I think. I think it'll be interesting a year from now to ask him to have a sip of Eagle Rare again and see. I mean, maybe it's just not in his wheelhouse, but. Um, I find that often with people that are, especially if you don't drink a wide range, you know, for years and years that you can come back and revisit. I know that happened to me. I would revisit. I still do it. Actually, I'll revisit things. I was like, oh, I don't like that. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that actually Mm -hmm. tastes really good. That's really surprising. Yeah. No, I've, I've done that with, uh, done that with several, several bottles. I think I've probably talked about a couple of them on the show, but, uh. The Bowman Bowman Brothers Small Batch. When I first cracked that bottle open, this like is just one that really always sticks out in my mind. When I first cracked it, I hated it. I it mm. just you know whether it was something I ate that day or mm-hmm. or, or what it was, it I just didn't like it. I, I almost just gave it away, and you know it kind of just got tucked back in the bar. And a couple months went by, and I was like, you know what? I saw it and I'm all right, I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, then I'm going to give it away. Poured another glass of it. I loved it. 
And I, Isn't that weird? <laughs> within like within like the next week, I ended up finishing the entire bottle. It was fantastic. Mm. It, it, but it's you know it, you should always try it, try it twice, and oh, yeah. because it, it is if you you know maybe you ate something spicy or you ate something that is still lingering in your system that is just offsetting and not pairing well with that whiskey. It happens. Or it's not the right season for it. I yeah. I find that happens to me. I usually will not drink new stuff in warm weather. I'll save that for the fall and winter because my palate is ex- – it's different in the colder months. <laughs> so uh, should we do some news? Let's go for it. Into the distance, ribbon of black. I'm I'm only going to do one piece of news tonight because I feel like it's fitting and it's right. And we're going to pour one out for uh, my dude, Josh Martin, from the band Anal Cunt. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep a straight face when you say You can't band laugh name. through this. Come I'm on. sorry. The, the, the band's name, that's the reaction. How have you never heard of me. this band? I don't get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's a fellow Bostonite. So, you know, give it up for Boston. Um Poor dude fell off of a, an escalator very seriously, suffered a head injury and didn't survive it. So really super sad. Um, one of the things, so I w- was never an anal cunt fan. That, that their music just didn't appeal to me. So you have to be able to get, all right, I'm going to start calling them AC. I'm a, ch- I'm a child. Yeah, okay? I know you are. I'm going to call them AC from now on. Okay? There we go. All right. <laughs> oh my God. So, one of okay, Hanel Cunt. Oh shit! Sorry, AC. <laughs> well, welcome to welcome to Metal Rock Anatomy. Oh my god! So AC started in the late '80s. Um, They're definitely pioneers in their sound. Um, super important in the timeline of hardcore and noisecore, screamo, whatever the hell the, all these things are called. I think they were probably considered a punk rock band when they started out. I might be wrong. Whatever. The genres changed so fast I can't keep up with them. Um, but I've seen them play many times because they would play with other bands that I liked, just, you know, but so definitely respected them. One of my favorite things about Josh in specific is he made headlines last year when he was at a show, <laughs> Gene Simmons was playing, and he heckled Gene <clears throat> Simmons so bad that Gene actually left the stage to try and find him and fight him. That's how bad he heckled him. Love that. So did he go to a Kiss show solely to heckle Gene Simmons? I think it was. It might have been Gene Solo. I can't. I, I really. I didn't have time to look it up. I can't remember exactly, but I remember that story specifically and being like. Fuck yeah, that's amazing. Um, so very, very sad news for for the uh, rock and metal and hardcore world. Um, my thoughts go out to his family and um, his friends and those that loved and cared for him. So that's get, that's my news some, for I tonight. Get some points. Get some points on this show. Oh god, yeah, totally, <clears throat> totally. So short and next, sweet. What is next? Oh, my whiskey pairing. Yeah, let's can't yeah. wait to hear this. All right.
Okey-dokey! Sometimes when we do bands like this, the whiskey pairing is brutal. Because some these legendary bands have so many facets to them, have so many... There's just so much around them. It was very hard for me to choose what the hell I was going to pair with. And I, I said to myself, you know, what is the overall feeling I get from Floyd? And to me, I said, mellow. So I went with mellow corn. <laughs> Come on. I think it's a great pairing. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So, okay, mellow corn is super unique, right? It is, whether you like it or not, uh, it's it, super unique. It's no a straight corn there. whiskey, okay? <laughs> um, it's a kissing cousin to bourbon, all right? Just like I feel like Pink Floyd is a kissing cousin to metal bands. They're not metal. They're not just rock. Kind of hard rock, Some kind, sometimes kind of mellow rock. See what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> Um, I feel like the fruitiness, the sweetness to me speaks to Floyd. I also feel that it's kind of a, I don't, I don't want to say anything negative, but a mellow version of a nice, meaty, chewy, flavorful bourbon with lots of heat to it. Just like I think Floyd is like that with some hard rock bands so i felt like it was a very fitting pairing for today so um if you haven't tried mellow corn mellow corn and old granddad are and i've mentioned this before are two of my go-tos for cocktails mellow corn at 100 proof will stand up in a cocktail you're still gonna taste still gonna taste like a whiskey cocktail but you don't have to burn one of your really good whiskeys um it's also not bad on ice if 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 you got nothing else, it's not bad. It really isn't. So, well, it certainly it certainly has a cult following, just like yes. Pink Floyd. Absolutely, you know that's how they got their start, and I, you know, it's the PBR of whiskey. May, you know, mellow may, corn. Maybe this is maybe this is another one I need to go back and try it again. I've had a I've had a bottle sitting open with one pour out of it for about a year and a half, and I it just. It really did not. I just didn't like it at all. Go back so, to it and see. Yeah, but so many. I mean, so many people just love it and rave about it, and and about loving it. That's taking it I a know, little too far. There's people. <laughs> I know. That no, straight up. Like I said, it. it's the PBR of whiskey. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's it's. I don't like to use terms like hipster, um, but I can't think of what else term to use. It's like the no, thing, you know. That's, that's, hey, drink hipsters, a shot of Fernet. Ruined, hey, have some mellow corn. Hipsters ruined PBR. PBR was the beer that my grandpa used to give me. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we always drank was PBR, and and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big get, fan not of PBR. No, everybody, everybody can but, be their own thing. I don't care. Yes, absolutely. I'm not a judgmental absolutely. person. Yes, you are. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So that's I'm kidding. So that's my pairing for tonight. Ta-da! Ta-da! Well, okay. Okay. Let's talk about Pink Floyd, shall we? Emily tries but misunderstands. Oh. 
she's old and inclined to borrow somebody's dreams till tomorrow. There is no other... Alrighty then. So since we don't have our other dudes here tonight, Jake, I thought we would just make this a little bit more of like a casual roundtable discussion. Um, Pink Floyd is such a huge band. I, 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 I'm going to say it's a fair assumption that most people know at least the basics about Pink Floyd. So I'm not going to get too deep into the timeline. Um, so Pink Floyd is an English rock band, and they formed in London in 1965. What they, what type of music they are, again, we talked about genres before, has changed a little bit. Um, psychedelic, psychedelic rock is what they were called a lot. Um, they were founded by Sid Barrett on guitar and lead vocals, Nick Mason on drums, Roger Waters on bass and vocals, and Richard Wright on keys and vocals. Um, they were huge in London's underground scene during the 60s. And at the time, Sid Barrett uh, was really the leader of the band and released two charting singles and their very successful debut album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and that was 1967. And then uh, guitarist and vocalist David Gilmore joined in December of 67, and sadly, Bartlett left in April of 1968 due to his deteriorating mental health. So at that point, Waters, Roger Waters became the band's primary lyricist, and he was really the one who was leading the band at this, at this time. And he was really into conceptual art and conceptual um, art themes through the music. Um, so he was really the, the person, the conceptual leader behind The Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, Animals, The Wall, and The Final Cut. Um, Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall became two of the best-selling albums of all time, period, end of story. And those are the two albums that we are going to be battling tonight. So there's a lot of a lot of things that went on with this band, a lot of lineup changes, stops and starts and whatever. Um, there were a lot of tensions between um, Wright and a lot of the rest of the band. And um, he left in 1975, and then so did Waters in 1985. Um, Gilmore and Mason continued as Pink Floyd for a while, and then Wright rejoined them and decided to rejoin them as a session musician. Um, so he said, but I, once you're a band member, band member again, I don't know about that. The three of them uh, went on to do two more albums, A Momentary Lapse of Reason, which came out in 87, and The Division Bell, which came out in 94. And they toured together, the three of them, up until 1994. Um, so then they reunited with uh, Waters in 2005 and performed as Pink Floyd in London. And um, they had said at the time they didn't have any plans, further plans to reunite. Um, and then sadly in 2006, Sid Barrett died. And then right in 2008, um, the final Pink Floyd studio album was The Endless River, which came out in 2014 and was, of course, uh, recorded without Waters and based almost entirely um, on unreleased material that the band had wrote together. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 96 and the UK Hall of Fame in 2005. Um, and by 2013, the band had sold more than 250 million records worldwide, like millions. Freaking nuts. So it, with a band like this, oh, we could go on forever talking about just the band members. We could go on forever talking about just Sid Barrett, you know, and everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that goes on with Sid Barrett, everything that went on with him and 
all the controversy and the rumors and the legends, the, the folklore that's not true, all of that, um, dissecting each album, who they were in their timeline, big, huge discussion, like we always say with most of these legendary artists. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so I think it just t- talking about what the band, you know, meant to us kind of, um, you know, just discussing the band in general and then just attacking these two albums is probably the most organized way that we could handle this. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, right off the bat, um, one way to kind of, um, conceptualize how they came onto the scene is they were, uh, they were recording their first album, um, right alongside when the Beatles were recording Sgt. Pepper. I mean, yeah. in the same Abbey Road Studios. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so you can kind of see, and, and I bring that up because uh, Sgt. Pepper is, has always been known as one of those transitional um, time frames. That, that People always put the stamp, because the Beatles were the biggest band in the world at the time. Right. They were kind of, uh, people look at that moment where, the the pop rock scene really changed and <clears throat> the biggest bands started getting more into the prog rock and psychedelic uh style and and i think that's where pink floyd really um really kind of led the way in the psychedelic and and prog style where uh um where sid was was really just uh, such an experimental artist excuse me and uh and really a genius Mm -hmm. um and you know like you said incredibly sad i watched uh i watched a documentary just on sid um and you know obviously unfortunately he he was not featured in the documentary at all because his uh, uh you know all of his friends pretty much kind of discussed how um, right around that 1960, <clears throat> like mid late 67, 68, uh, like when they was getting phased out of the band, they pretty much said like the the glow that he had in his eye was no longer there. It mm-hmm. was like he was just gone. Um, you know, it's it's there's all kinds of different theories as to what uh, what happened. It was it uh, you know did he. <clears throat> did the acid finally just too much acid in too little time? Was it was it that he already had a, you know a basis for mental illness? You know, there's whatever it was, it, it was it was tragic, and uh, but but Pink Floyd to me, I don't think they would have ever been the band that they became <clears throat> had that not happened. Because the only reason they asked David Gilmore to come join the band was because of what was going on with Sid. Yeah. Um, and, and, and David Gilmore was basically playing like, uh, assistant to Sid. He was mm-hmm. playing, helping play some of Sid's, uh, guitar stuff while they were playing live. And, uh, <clears throat> and it wasn't until, <clears throat> excuse me, till Sid, I mean, to hear the guys tell the story of, they didn't really even like fire Sid from the band. They just one day decided not to pick him up for a show. And I mean that you could tell in this, in this documentary when they talked about how the, how bad, I mean how they still like harbored guilt, uh, you know, 40 years later, uh, 
it is, you know, it's sad, but you know, they, they kind of knew what was going on with him and, and that they had to move on. And, and, and David Gilmore's style was just so different. His guitar style was so different from Sid's and, and Rogers, uh, lyricist, his style of, of writing lyrics was just so different from Sid as well. Sid was, you know, you know, more of like, like we said, he was, he was such an experimental, you could see the, the, the playfulness in his lyrics that, that you could probably make. It's very psychedelic. His style was very psychedelic. Yes. Whereas, you know, Roger Waters wanted, he was very much, um, wanted to push a, you know, want to discuss political ideals and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, societal stuff that was going out of the day and, and, uh, in interviews with Gilmore and, uh, and the other guys, that was one of the things they talked about as that. If you look at the lyrics from, from like even just dark side of the moon <clears throat> to the wall, mm-hmm. I mean, it got much more aggressive uh, the lyrics and then like final cut was basically what they described it as was these were a bunch of songs that the rest of the band told Roger they didn't like enough to make it on the wall but he had become such a dictator of the band at that point and you know it's another one of those things you know you, you've got these extremely talented people that just can't cohabitate yeah and yeah. it's it's sad because they, you know, the, I don't think they would have gotten to where they were had Sid stayed in the band because they very much looked up to Sid's style and his intelligence. Um, and, and I think it was Gilmore's guitar style and his, his music style that really propelled them, you know, to the heights that they, that they, that they reached. Um, and also the tragedy um, influenced a lot of the songs that they wrote. Absolutely, you know, wish, wish you were here, yeah. or shine on, you know, yeah. diamond, and there's so many songs that that were attributed to to the loss that they were feeling. To sit, even though he was he was alive, they yeah. felt like they lost him. I mean, he was he was a different he, person. I mean, they said yeah, yeah he was. His, uh, it was also a very tumultuous time in the world. You know, you've got the 60s and 70s. You've got, you know, civil rights is going on in the U.S. And in, in the U.K., you've got the Vietnam War. There was so much happening, so much social <clears throat> strife going on. Um, <clears throat> I think to have music w- and, and be non-pop and not speak to the social conditions that are happening around you would have been quite odd. And I think yeah. they, they wouldn't have made it as far as they did. I think that... Well, especially in post, post-World post War II England. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, these yeah. these were guys that were, you know, they were being raised out of the post-World War II right. era. And I, I think a lot of times, you know, we as as Americans, we, we weren't the ones... I mean, yes, Pearl Harbor was... But yeah, we weren't the ones getting our entire cities destroyed by the Nazis. You know, these right. these were people that were either their parents lived directly through it or they were living through the ends of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that absolutely, um, I think that's such a huge uh, reason as to why a lot of the musical um, progression was happening in Europe. Oh, for and sure, then making its way to the states. Absolutely. But I think if Sid had stayed in the band and 
and stayed in the band with the role that he had, I think he would have had just more um, psychedelic, mm-hmm. uh, conceptual, <clears throat> more artistic music that probably yeah. wouldn't have appealed to the masses like the rest, you know, like Dark Side and, and The Wall appealed to the masses. So I think um, it was something that needed to happen for this band's trajectory and um, from some of the things that I read about about Sid's condition and what life was like for him and um, it was very tragic for these guys and yeah. um, then the strife that they had going on amongst themselves without him um, was very difficult as well and certainly influenced the music. You had... You know, you had two powerhouses in this band that were trying to have their own influence, but, ha- you know, all- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you've got Gilmore and Waters, it's like, <clears throat> Jesus, you know, it, it, yeah, it other- rarely works out well where you have where you can have someone, for example, James Hetfield and Lars, where they were clearly the two bosses of the band, let's say. And right. it somehow worked, but it didn't work for for Pink Floyd at all. Yeah, it and to hear the to hear the other the other band members describe, um, they basically described that the music was being written by Gilmore and the lyrics were all being written by Waters, mm-hmm. and which is which is interesting because, uh, and the two of them would get production credit mm-hmm. and. And Gilmore kind of discussed that one of the one of the final straws for him was on the final cut album because he didn't he didn't like it. He was not very proud of it. And because of that kind of strife between the two of them about that album, uh, Gilmore's name was removed from the production credit. He did not get a production credit on the album. It was he originally his name was on that production line and it was removed. <laughs> and which you know you might say well what's the big deal on that well for one it's huge a lot of deal. money yeah that's a <laughs> it's huge a lot of deal. money contractually yeah. uh you know getting that production credit means a lot of money over yeah. a long period of time but uh but but more than anything when you have when you have two you know type a personalities getting credit for for you know produced work is a big deal yeah it's it's the big deal probably it's the hugest deal most of the to most of those guys yeah so if they while they cohabitated man they did put us just some i mean that that stretch of albums was just incredible oh yeah i mean just incredible when i say it didn't work i mean it didn't work for them personally but man did it work musically you know the I think a lot of what you hear, especially in the wall, the tension and the strife and all of that, I mean, it's it's palatable in addition to what, you know, really what the wall is about. Um, and, and by the way, did you see the movie when you were a teenager, The Wall? Yeah. Oh, my God. Sure did. <laughs> I remember. So I remember... Um, a few, a few times on a few different things. Yes. <laughs> so the first time I watched it, everybody's like, "Oh, you have to watch this movie, Tripping on Acid, man." Mm-hmm. And from all the descriptions of the movie, I was like, "Really? That doesn't sound fun. That sounds <laughs> like it's gonna freak me the fuck out." So the first time I saw it, yeah. I had just I had a little of the wacky weed, and um, <laughs> that movie's freaked. The sh- I was freaked out. I was like, "I'm not watching this shit on acid. You people are insane." 
Um, <laughs> and then the and then the Wizard of Oz. I yeah. So I did not ever watch this movie on acid. Thank God, because it would have freaked me out. Um, but I remember like the, it was the thing that everybody would do for those of us back then in the eighties. You know, you'd get all together and get whatever and and watch the wall and you know the the stories oh my god and you didn't have wikipedia at the time you know the stories and the legends that would gone oh he he killed himself and killed sid barrett you know and killed he killed his whole family and there was all all these crazy (laughs) legends that you know this is about him going insane and yada 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 um yeah (laughs) you know the the uh the pre um the, the Sid era and those albums, those psychedelic albums, I love them. I, I do love that that music. I, and it's it's importance in musical and rock history can you know it should should never go unstated uh, because it it did have such uh, such a huge mark um, on rock and roll music. But the psychedelic level of the four of the four guys the gilmore the that rendition of pink floyd that was like psychedelic to a six whereas the sid barrett pink floyd was psychedelic to a 10 mm-hmm. i mean it was it was just so experimental and if that is the style of music that you love it's that's as good as it gets i mean it is when it's coming to experimental psychedelic style rock it doesn't get any better than than sid barrett pink floyd i mean it's it's just fantastic but i i i would absolutely say that i'm more of a uh, more of a fan of the the gilmore waters era see what i like about dark side is okay but again this interesting actually because i i just it just occurred to me so each side of the record is one continuous piece of music Mm-hmm. Dark Side yep. of the Moon. So, and you listen to it like that. If you listen to it in separate pieces, which you can, it's still amazing. But God, when you listen to it that way, I just remember, you know, being told this is how you have to listen to it, and this is, you know, blah blah whatever. It's a, it, it's a, it's a whole entire continuous story. Um, and I understood even when I was young. I think I understood what a lot of the songs were about, which felt very profound to me. Um, being a young kid, I, I think I was probably mm, 13 when I started to really get into Pink Floyd, 14 maybe. Um, and, and like, you know, reading liner notes. And um, I remember having a discussion with my dad about Pink Floyd. We, we didn't talk often. Um, so it was kind of a cool, it was a cool moment for him to get like geek out on music with me. I was like, oh, I had no idea. Um, you know, they're talking about greed. They're talking about, you know, <laughs> of course, this is also about Sid, Sid Barrett's, um, mm-hmm. deteriorating mental state. Um, you know, consumerism and, uh, the, the isolation that they felt in the modern society that left to depression. And, um, I think that it's such, I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece of work so although i love the wall um and it's very hard to choose between the two i would always lean more towards dark side of the moon that's my jam yeah for sure and well and and this is this is why pink floyd is is one of my favorite bands is 
I've made this point so many times on this show is one of my favorite things is when a band knows how to make an album. Yes. Not not just pump out hits. Yes. I, I mean, I've, I've I've kicked the dead horse of of bands that make great albums, and I am a I'm a sucker for a great concept. Oh album. yeah, me I too. love. You know, I think that's also something I always loved about Queen. Uh, I like when when the album when it's almost like you're listening to a soundtrack. You know, where this. Mm. It's there's a movie. Well, and obviously they they did movies with their with their their albums too. But I like when it feels like the album is one continuous piece of art. I that that to me is, I mean that's that's the be all. I, I love that, and that I absolutely do love Dark Side. But I I really enjoy the the aggression and the content of of the wall i i think it just uh to me it reminds me uh you're not gonna like this Jesus. (laughs) it reminds me of an injustice for all style album it's a little bit it's a little bit more aggressive it uh there it feels like there's some like there's some anger there like there's some some feelings on you know not properly dealt with that are really coming out in the music and I don't I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these two albums. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, and I definitely think across the entire catalog of Pink Floyd, which is I would encourage anybody if if all you've ever heard is is The Wall or Dark Side, do yourself a favor and Oh, go I listen mean, to Animals. <clears throat> yeah. I mean oh, or, yeah. or Obscured by Clouds or I mean there's man, I mean Album to album, you're not going to get bored. They switch it up, and and it's just their catalog is just so phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And a long drive at night, man, it, you can throw on some Pink Floyd and just just coast and relax mm-hmm. and yes, and and go through a whole range of emotions. It's it's fantastic to drive to. See, for me, I always think about the song Eclipse. And I feel like I have this memory. I was, it was spring break or summer. I can't remember. And I was at my grandparents' house and I had my Walkman with me and I have Dark Side of the Moon tape in there and I'm laying on a pool float. It's nighttime. It's like one in the morning, pitch black outside. There's no moon out. So all I can see is the stars and I'm floating (coughs) It was also like one of those, it was almost like one of those sensory tanks. What are they called? I don't know. Yeah. I think um, they're called sensory tanks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, sensory float tanks. Something like that. Like. Yeah. So it kind of felt like that. And I remember listening to it and really listening to the words for the first time. I mean, you know how you sing along to words and sometimes they just don't, or you don't want them to make an impression on you because you really like the song. You're like, don't pay attention to the lyrics. I love the song. Um, So there was, okay, There, I'm going to read you the part that always gets me, gets me right in the feels. Um, All you create, all you destroy, all that you do, all that you say, all that you eat and everyone you meet, all that you slight and everyone you fight, all that is now, all that is gone, all that's to come and everything under the sun is in tune but the sun. 
is eclipsed by the moon. That kills me. <laughs> Just yeah. kills me every time. I can't, I could never do without this song. And sometimes when we do these battles, that's what it comes down to for me. I can't, I can't live without a certain song. I mean, to me, it's this whole album. Um, but that song and that part, those lyrics made an impression on my life, on my life. And it may sound dramatic or it, but it does. Sometimes that happens. You know, I really understood them and felt like, they were speaking to me and that this was a lesson that I need to, to remember in life. And when you're a young, impressionable kid, those, those things are really important. So I think the lyric, the lyric that always spoke to me was, uh, the lunatic was in my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone in my head, but it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and the lunatic is in the grass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That seems fitting, Jake. That seems very <laughs> fitting, actually. <laughs> um, I remember uh, hanging out with a friend of mine that was in a quite quite well-known hardcore band in Boston. And um, we, were, we were talking about one of their albums that they had done that was a huge departure from the rest. It was really not a hardcore album. I don't, I don't know what you would have called it. Um, and he said to me, we're all having beers, we're hanging out one night, and he's like, man, what do you really think? He's like, everybody blows smoke up my ass, like, of course no one's going to say your shit sucks. And I'm like, yeah, you need someone to tell you your shit sucks sometimes. He's like, I know. Yeah. He's like, well, does this album suck? And I'm like, no, as a matter of fact, and it's just like, in my head, I was like, I feel like this is your dark <laughs> side of the moon. That's what this album is to you guys. And he, he is literally, his head, he was like, <laughs> brain exploded. He's like, Get that! He's like, that's perfect. That's it. It's our dark side of the moon. Everything's fine now. That's what we're gonna call it. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope that helps. When, when when I was a when I was coming up um, as a field painter for a number of years, and I'd have my headphones on, and uh, and I, I'm not shy about singing in public, and I would I would be that guy with you know, headphones on and singing at the top of my lungs. And <laughs> and when when people that I didn't want to talk to would come up to me and they'd be like, oh, yeah. You sing louder? <laughs> well, no, they would They would say, they would comment, you know, say something about, you know, that I was singing at work or whatever. And I would always just look at them and I would look like into their soul as deep as I could and just say, I have to sing loud enough to cover up the voices in my head. <laughs> and then I would just stare at them. Just to creep them out, you know. Just have you know, just have fun, and and then they would always go, "Oh, okay, all right, all right, man. Well, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Good talk, bro." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! My favorite thing though about this band is the amount of folklore that surrounds them is insane. Oh yeah, the arguments that I would have. I had so many arguments with people in high school. We had this really amazing, I didn't take music, but our music teacher was super cool guy. And he was friends with our art teacher who was super awesome. And, um, 
you could go ask him things like, is it true that the guy from Pink Floyd killed his whole family, killed himself? He's like, you're talking about Sid Barrett. No, that's not true. He's still alive. This is what happened. Like, he he was like, a, he was amazing. He was a walking Wikipedia, especially of classic rock. Yeah. Um, And so I would always go ask him these questions. I go back to these kids. It's not true. That's just, just a legend. You're not, it's not, yes, it is. It's totally true. My dad told me, my uncle told me, whoever. <laughs> just the amount of legends is insane with this band. And I always have wondered why. So we, there's so many bands that have lost important members that have either passed away or left. Why this band? Why does this, is it because of the movie? Well, I, I think. Or the uh, overtones and so many of their albums of, of Sid's, you know, what happened with Sid? I I, I always wonder first, why. First of all, I I would venture to say that that the majority the majority of people that have heard Pink Floyd have no idea that there was an era with Sid Barrett and an era without Sid Barrett. I think probably most of most people that have probably heard Pink Floyd, um, you know, that weren't you know of a certain age in the late sixties, I, I should say probably have no idea that the Sid Barrett Pink Floyd era even exists. They probably just think right. that, you know, Pink Floyd put out, you know, these mammoth, uh, you know, prog rock style, uh, records and did huge with a arena crazy shows. <laughs> yeah. And with, you know, with an insane arena guy. shows with all this crazy elaborate, pyrotechnics and everything else and that people love to do drugs and listen to their music and they do these crazy movies and you can listen to their album while watching wizard of oz and uh (laughs) and you know there's people of my age when i was in high school i mean i grew up my my dad loved pink floyd so my dad had a lot of the albums and uh and so i you know i knew their music but kids at you know when I got to the age where you know I was experimenting with with different drugs and uh, and you know their kids that were getting high it was like oh let's just you know let's I love Pink Floyd but it was more that's what they thought that they should like yeah it's what they thought yes. they should listen to while smoking weed yep. or something like or that or fucked up on let's yes. get yeah yes. let's get high and listen to Pink Floyd yes. like they just thought that's what they should listen to and I'm like. Yes. But this is really great music, guys. Like, Pay attention to listen. it. Don't be completely yeah, fucked and put I mean, on Pink Floyd. Hey, Actually listen is, to it. Is Pink Floyd fantastic when you just want to have a nice mellow high? Absolutely. Sure. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, is you it can, necessary? No. But 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 is it also great to you know listen to? I mean, I was listening to it while I was working all day today, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think there is the the different phases of, I guess, listeners. I wouldn't call them fans, but mm-hmm. there's different sections of, of the crowd. And, and I think that's what's so polarizing about this band is that it's they do have such a, a range of listenership. And, and I think that brings to your point where the fans know the story. The fans know that that there was this section of Pink Floyd and then a very different mm-hmm. section of Pink Floyd. Um, whereas, because I mean, aside from, I mean, what, like see Emily play, um, bike, like those songs used to get played on oldie stations. Yeah. You know, along with Sergeant Pepper and right. other, uh, you know, songs of that genre. But then, 
you know, another brick in the wall and that, Mm -hmm. you know, the dozen other hits from the Gilmore Waters era, those were so prevalent on every rock, classic rock station. Yeah. So there was kind of that split there, too, where these songs were getting played on the oldie station with the Beatles and the Stones, you know, the early stuff. Yeah. And these this era was getting played on the classic rock station with, you know, with the other stuff. So, hey, Jake. Do you think we could take a quick break so that I can pee? Because I am very close to peeing my pants. Let's take a quick break and then uh, and then pop back and and put a ribbon on this and and let's uh, maybe after that break it and uh, bring the guys. I think we're gonna have for another episode and maybe that way they can be part of the battle because I think I think you and I are gonna have a stalemate. Uh, Yeah. It sounds like you're gonna be you're gonna be on dark side and I'm yep. gonna be on the wall. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna have to bring them in and help us out here for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's fill right, our glasses and empty break. our bladders. Sounds good. Mommy. We're back from break. I didn't pee my pants this time. Score. That's that's a win for the home team. <laughs> All right, so we we've discussed Floyd, and um, we I think we we've realized that you and I are we're on opposite yes. sides. We've, I think we've decided we've decided we need to bring the dudes. Yeah, we, we need, need our to dudes. bring the dudes in. Yep, and break down the two battle albums. Yeah, and. And actually, uh, and and do this one right. I agree. I agree. Um, I think two bringing them back, they're going to have their own impressions, and you know how Pink Floyd influenced them, and and that will lead to more discussion. So I think we, you know, we'll open it up to another roundtable discussion. And um, actually, since this is a two-parter, I would love to Im- hear what from- kind of impressions. What kind of impressions do you think they do? <laughs> do you- <laughs> Do you th- like Matt does a really good Roger Waters impression? Or something? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or different, like, <laughs> not not the impression you were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> no, not the impression <laughs> I was talking about. Um, I think that it would be great to also hear from our listeners uh, before we do part two what their yeah. favorite Pink Floyd album is, or some of the. My favorites are, I mean, you can Google it, but I like hearing from people organically what the folklore that they've heard. Because sometimes I'll still hear something from someone. They'll be like, oh, my God, you should have heard this story that was going around when I was a kid about Sid Barrett or Pink Floyd or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah. So you guys weigh in on on any of that stuff. We want to hear about it. In summation, Pink Floyd, we love him. Pink Floyd, amazing, legendary. We are stuck between... Two albums. You never really hear any. That's one thing. You never really hear anybody say that they hate Pink Floyd. Yeah, who the fuck is going to say that? You're an I, idiot. I, don't, I mean, no, I think you're an idiot. I think, yeah, I think there. I mean, maybe there's probably some more uh, unique songs that you maybe have to like a certain genre to appreciate. Fuck but them. for the most part, I think everybody can find a song or yeah. two within their catalog. Like, oh yeah, I like that song. Or I, just I appreciate. Or yeah. just appreciate the band for what they are. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right. So, hey, Jake, what are your favorite podcasts or bands that you're listening to right now? <laughs> I spiraled 
mm-hmm. I do this. <clears throat> you know, if I, I, I wish YouTube would. You know how if like you, you're on the home screen at YouTube, and and they obviously they have the algorithm where they mm-hmm. you know on past subjects you've looked yes. up, which is always another shit for the <clears throat> podcast. <laughs> Damn it! They get me every time, and I I got sucked in. <clears throat> I was. Uh, Hold on, I need to look up the... Uh, tell me yours, tell me yours, because I have to look this up. I want to make sure I give them proper credit. Okay, so two things. I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Um, I've been listening to a lot of music because I've been on a big road trip. Um, and so our friends at When Particles Collide, we love them, and they are super awesome. If, have you joined their, are you a, I forget what it's called. They have the Unstoppable Rock Tour. Have you signed up for that, for the, to be an insider in that? I'll be honest, I feel like I did. Do you get their newsletter regularly? <clears throat> I don't think so. Then you didn't. You need to do I, it. You need I to sign like up. I felt like I did. I felt like I did. I felt like I signed up that night that they were on the podcast but yeah. maybe i just had like a drunken dream that i did <laughs> <laughs> that is very very possible <laughs> very possible so okay if you sign up to support their unstoppable rock tour which everybody should because they're freaking amazing very deserving of it you get insider info and some of that insider <clears throat> info is often songs and videos that no one else gets to see or that you get to see first so, um, I've been listening to a lot of When Particles Collide recently, and I've also been listening to a lot of Acro Brats. Um, the Acro Brats are friends from hometown Boston. What? My dear friend Chrissy had a birthday recently, and um, it was her 40th, so um, a bunch of her friends secretly uh, put together a show and a big event oh, cool. that she, she had no idea was happening. I can't believe we pulled it off, but we did. Um, and uh, a bunch of our friends' bands played. And it was funny because we're all of a certain age. And we played in a place, they played in a place where we used to go to 10, 15 years ago um, and rock out as younger folk. So that was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, so <laughs> It's one of those things you can do occasionally. Yeah. We're, well, the, one of the singers of Acrobrass was like, hey. <laughs> We're at O'Brien's in Alston, you know, which is a suburb, uh, uh, neighborhood in Boston. And in the afternoon, day drinking, listening to fucking punk rock. Like, fuck yeah, for it's our 20s. Thing, it's a good thing you clarified that because I I actually just felt like you teleported to Texas. What? Texas? <laughs> you said Austin. That all of a sudden you were partying in no, Austin. Austin with an L. Oh, Austin. Rock City. <laughs> You know, Aerosmith recorded there. Yeah. Every, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All it sounded like he said Austin, no. but I know you've been traveling. So oh, I was like, okay, point, well, maybe maybe I missed a no, point no, no. in the story when Spock sent them to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm talking about our, our hometown <laughs> bands that are awesome. So I've been listening to a lot of When Particles Collide and a lot of Acro Brats. So I highly recommend Spotify that shit. Check them out. Oh, yeah. Help them out. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? So, um, so the one YouTube channel that I spiraled on, which led to a second 
YouTube channel that I spiraled <laughs> on. Okay, I think I brought this up. When I'm driving, that's kind of when I like to do the YouTube thing. Because I don't necessarily... Well, <clears throat> you know, the thing with YouTube, you can't close your phone oh, I hate and keep that. listening. I it's hate so that. annoying. Oh my god, so, so fucking least, frustrating. At least when I'm in my truck, I can plug in my charger and let it play. And I can do the whole YouTube thing while I'm driving. So... This YouTube channel, it's called Riddle, and they do, like, these super scientific, well-studied... So, it's it's called Riddle. They do these... Okay, so I'm going to read you a couple of the titles of their videos. Oh, my God. What if we detonated a nuclear bomb inside the uh, Mariana Trench? Shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm subscribing deep... right now. How deep is ocean in reality? If all the nuclear power plants exploded at once, insects 300 million years ago, what is the biggest mechanism we can possibly build? What? <laughs> Who lives at the bottom of a volcano? If the sun goes out for 24 hours. <laughs> Wait, how do you spell riddle? Jake, <laughs> I don't find just riddle. Is it riddles? <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Uh, oh, Three, nope, nope, okay. Okay. I thought maybe my eyes were just blurry. Uh -huh. It's actually R-I-D-D-D-L-E. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that that there was an extra D in the word riddle, which is why I couldn't find it? So then. Found it, thanks. So then, so then you know how when you're watching their videos, YouTube will suggest, they'll just start playing Another video. Yes. So then I got spiraled into another YouTube channel that I now subscribe to, which is called Smart is the New Sexy. Oh, I like that one and too. And here's some, here's some of their uh, video titles. Uh, what if the earth were hollow? <laughs> Ten amazing facts about the biggest shark attack. Eight insanely ancient advanced technologies. But they, they do legit research. It's incredibly wow. well done. And I Can a bee just... sting a bee? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, can a bee sting a bee? Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so we have spiraled several times on this show. See what happens when Ed's not here? We're fucked. Jake, completely Ed, fucked. Ed what Ed, what are you into? I've just been listening to um, tech-centric uh, podcasts while drinking Larceny and hating Eagle Rare. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. And also, you guys, <laughs> I spend every waking moment of my life in between my actual job and being an amazing father and husband on editing this podcast because you guys are motherfuckers and never shut up. <laughs> and I hate, I hate you, and I love you, and I love Larceny. That's the best. <laughs> He thank God for is the best. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, so so grateful for everybody that listens. Everybody that you know reaches out during in the uh, in the Facebook group and comments. And, yeah, and lots and votes of people on the polls and, and everything else. But. Every week, every literally every week, I get um, direct messages on Instagram and Facebook. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I love it. I'm Sailor Retro on all the social medias, and my dudes, we've got the Whiskey Obsessor, yeah. Save the E, as Matt would say, and Bourbon Geek is Ed, 
What about you, Jake? You can find me at bourbon.spartan. You can find our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash whiskey. I thought uh, in my notes that, you know, we we inject uh, certain songs at different points of the podcast, and this would be a perfect part for Ed to inject the song Money. Fuck, yes. <laughs> and you know what else? We also have to thank Torben and his ball cream. And although it's not Pink Floyd, there's a song that I particularly love about Tor- balls. Do you think Torben knew the guys from Pink Floyd? Oh, for sure. He's Torben. Of course uh, he, he was, did. I mean, he, he was, was a, a man really on the scene. famous tennis player. Yes, absolutely. At that time. Yeah, and, I think so. Yeah, I, I would venture to say he probably did. Yeah. Well, let's shut this down. Guys, uh, glass is empty. Tip your waitress. This has been a lot of fun. We're out. Fuck you, Lars. <laughs>